0: Welcome to the Aligned Women podcast, a podcast to empower women in chiropractic to grow practices that work for their families. I'm Dr.
1: Danielle Eaton. And I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman. We're two moms who are navigating the journey of life and practice just like you. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. everyone and welcome to episode 97 of the Aligned Women podcast. I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman and with me today is my wonderful and amazing and truly gorgeous co-host, Dr. Danielle Eaton. How are you doing today, Dr. Danielle? Um, I'm great. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Gosh, darn it. Shauna, every time that you introduce the podcast and you you do that, I get all like giggly and blushing and whatever. And it's so interesting to me to think about like why? Why do I feel that way? I don't know what's behind it. Okay, well anyway, um I'm, I'm good.
1: Thank you. Podcast episode. It's about
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited actually about today's topic because yes. this is um, something that I think is really underdressed. Um, as a whole, for women in chiropractic and um, and I feel like there's so much that we could talk about in this episode, but we 're going to keep it concise for you so that this is not a really long episode
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know preparing for a pregnancy i mean this is something our our listenership tends to be in the childbearing age, so if you 're not preparing for a first baby you likely are preparing for a second or a third or a fourth, or for some of our members, a sixth or seven, you know, <laughs> yep. and one of the things that always breaks my heart is when people, um, they have to let their practice dictate how their postpartum season goes, because they don't have the right things in place that allows them to do, you know, to have that postpartum period that they would love to have. And, you know, when I ask people, you know, if I could wave a magic wand and you could design what you want, usually what they would design if money and time and all those other things were not a factor is so different than what they're going to end up getting. So having the ability to think about this beforehand and really plan things out and help people plan things out, this has been a real game changer for a lot of our members.
0: Yeah. And one of the biggest advantages of owning your own practice should be that you have the freedom and the flexibility to do big things in your life or small things in your life, like have a baby and take time off because you carry the risk of the business ownership. That should be one of the advantages to the business ownership, right? So yeah, if you have a model that's that allows you to do what you want to do, then you can take more time off if that's what you want to do. Um, You can work fewer hours if that's what you want to do. And by the way, none of it has to mean that you make less money.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about that then. So I think money is really one of the biggest issues that comes up, right? People wondering, okay, how am I going to support myself in the practice once I, once I have a baby and I'm, I'm not there. So what are some things that you typically recommend people put in place in order to plan for that
0: something that's really simple is to open a maternity account so if you've read the book profit first you know profit first the accounts that you should have in place are your income your owner's pay your tax account um profit account what am i missing operating expenses did i say that one and so there's those five, but you can you could use your profit account, I suppose, as a maternity fund account, but you could also create a separate account that is to support your maternity. Like whether whether that means taking extra time off or expenses associated with birth or raising a child, whatever you want it to be for. Start planning for it as soon as possible. And it's amazing how when you just move a small percentage of Money over to that account on a regular basis, it accrues really quickly.
1: Yeah, so let's reverse engineer this a little bit. We're always talking about start with the end in mind. And one of the things that we always do is we look at okay, what's the what's what what do we want it to look like? And then how do we make all the processes match that? So one of the things I would recommend is finding out how much does it cost to have a locum in your area? Is there a standardized kind of locum fee in the states, Danielle? Or is it just, it's completely different from state to state, from region to region?
0: Yeah, none that I know of. There could be one that exists and I just don't know about it, but I've seen everything from um, paying a locum a percentage of the collections for the fees that they, for the services that they provide to paying them a flat amount for a set number of days
1: mm-hmm.
0: or a set number of hours, like per hour that they work, they earn this amount of money. Um, so I don't know if there's one specific standard. Uh, and I guess really that's part of the problem for us is that everyone's trying to figure out what do I do? What is the best option? I don't okay,
1: so- so we need to be able to research who's going to be doing the locum, who's the best fit, and then figuring out what do they charge, right? Because that's really one of the first things is you have to know how much am I going to have to pay somebody to cover me in my maternity leave if I'm going to have that kind of coverage. Um, where I am in Ontario, that sort of what's typically done, and it's not mandated, but across the board, what people typically do is 50% of the collections. So if I know that I need to be giving my locum doctor 50% of my collections, I need to, first of all, make sure that my office expenses are 50% or less. Otherwise, I can't even pay the bills of the office, or maybe I can by drawing on a line of credit or something like that in the short term. So knowing who's going to cover your locum, yeah, who's going to be doing your locum? And maybe the first question to ask is, How long do I want to take off? And again, wave a magic wand and ask yourself in a perfect world, how long would I love to take off? And then again, you reverse engineer it from there. If you wanted to take four months off, you're going to need a locum to cover your practice. If you only wanted to take two weeks off, you probably don't need a locum to cover your practice and it's not an issue. So you have to know what that's going to look like and then start looking at if you're getting locum coverage, who's it going to be? What does it cost? And then reverse engineering it from there. What are my expenses? How am I going to be able to pay for all this? And then start to break it down into, you know, if I know I want to get pregnant next year, okay, I've got 52 weeks between now and then I need to be putting away like X amount divided by 52. I need to put away this much each week into my my maternity account in order to cover it.
0: Well, yep, that would certainly be the ideal scenario, right? Where we plan ahead for a a pregnancy and a new child in our family. And the reality is that oftentimes pregnancy happens without it necessarily being in your plan. But if that's the case, just know that you still have some flexibility to change your practice as you need to. Um, Yes, you can start saving money at any point in time. And starting at any point in time is better than never having started at all. <laughs> so while well, maybe you're listening to this podcast going, well, yeah, it would have been great if I had been saving money for a year before I was pregnant, but that didn't happen. That's okay. Start where you are right now. Exactly. Shauna, when you mentioned, um, if you want to take two weeks off that you may not have to have a local cover your practice, do you think that taking two weeks off is ideal?
1: I think that, birthing a baby is a lot on your body. Um, Again, it all comes back to you get to choose, right? So if you think it's ideal, then it's ideal for you. What's right? Well, your body's going through a lot. There's a lot of shifting. um, There's a lot of bleeding that happens after. I know for me, I bled copious amounts for probably a good four weeks after I had my babies. And so I found that my energy was drained really, really easily. I'm someone who's sort of prone to, um, low iron. So I was almost anemic during that time. And for me trying to, um, you know, trying to run a practice after just having birthed a baby, it's, it was definitely not ideal for me. And I, have done it. Like I've done the whole gamut. So I, um, when we had Jackson, I had him during the last week of our third year final exams, or sorry, during the week of our, our third year final exams. So I got to, I got to miss two exams because I had a baby. And then the next week we naturally had off as kind of a term turnover. But then the following Monday morning, I was bum in seed at 8am with a newborn baby and my, you know, all the all the stuff and collateral that went along with that. And we were in clinic, so I had 20 hours a week, sorry, 24 hours a week of clinic, 20 hours a week of classes and trying to do this all while figuring out nursing and latching and like feeding and all the other stuff, sleepless nights and everything that was going on with a newborn. And I, I barely even remember that time period to be honest. So that definitely was not optimal for my health. Whereas with my other ones, because I was in practice by that point with Craig, I could take off whatever time I wanted because he just covered our practice. And from a financial standpoint, it didn't really make a difference in our our finances at all because he just absorbed my patients. Um so I, I really I had long time, I had almost no time and My favorite was where, when I had Jenna, I actually took a month off before I had her. Um, and I can't remember why I did that. I think it was more by good luck than good management, but I ended up having a month off before that made such a difference in my birth. Like how I felt going into the birthing process. I told my patients I'd be back in three months and I just never, I didn't go back for almost a year. I think it was 11 months I took off. So, um, you know, having that time before, if you can swing it, is really helpful too. But again, you're the mom and you're the business owner. That's where it's great. You get to decide what's best for you.
0: Yeah. You know, with my first baby, I had no clue what I was in for with motherhood. I had no idea how I would feel after she was born. Um, and it wasn't like it wasn't like I had no idea. As in, like I was trying to figure it out. It was that the way that I felt after having had a baby, like with the birth and just taking care of a newborn, I had no idea how exhausting and consuming it was going to be for me. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, was she a good baby? Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't like we had any, you know, like major health challenges or anything like that at all. It was just so much more than what I had anticipated. So, all the planning in the world would have only gotten me so far because there was no way for me to know that I was going to feel like that after she was born.
1: Yeah, it's certainly not something you can explain to people until you're, until you're in it. But when you talk about planning, there are some things that I can tell you are great to plan. Having a bunch of meals in the freezer, like getting your mother or your mother-in-law, if they're around, to, to like stack your freezer. Um, asking for help. My mom, my mom was a nurse and, um, I loved my mom would come. She was there for me during the birth. So like I said, in the last podcast, we had home births, um, having my mom there, she was so good at knowing the kind of touch that I needed during the birth. I I did not want my husband touching me, but my mom knew exactly what to do. And she stayed with us for the better part of a week after each baby was born and she was fantastic about just doing everything around the house. So having someone who can help manage the the day-to-dayness of your house, especially if you have other kids is so helpful. Do not try and do it all on your own. Like ladies, we are past the age of thinking we can do this all on our own. We are not designed to do this on our own. So if you don't have family close by who will come and help, especially in those early days or a couple of weeks right after a baby find people people in your church neighbors like start getting names of people that you can call on don't be shy about asking people for meals people who will look after your other kids for a day a night or whatever just if for nothing else so you can lie down and sleep when your baby's sleeping um asking your husband to do the grocery shopping getting set up with meal planning having someone arrange who will clean clean your house. Um, So you just don't have to do all those things. It's so helpful and just know ahead of time, even though you think maybe now you can do it all, you will be so glad if you set those things in place so that when it comes up and it bites you in the bum, you're going to be (laughs) really glad you have it.
0: Well, you're specifically talking there about after the baby is born, but Mm -hmm. I think it's really valid for us to do those things during pregnancy too because – pregnancy is not always easy for everybody. And if you find yourself feeling like I did during pregnancy, especially my last two pregnancies where I was nauseous from day one until day, I don't know, it felt like 365 days, but it wasn't quite that long, obviously. But uh, 42 weeks with my second delivery and um, 40, almost 43 weeks with my third delivery, they were really long pregnancies. And I was really, um, like, especially with the last one, I was just like done uh, with pregnancy. I was done with taking care of the house. I was done with taking care of the kids and doing it all on my own when I hit about mm, 41 and a half weeks. And I just wanted to get that baby out. (laughs) But, um, I, you know, I took more time off with that, with that pregnancy. I, worked fewer hours. I changed my schedule so that I wasn't having to be up early in the morning. Um, but I also worked more earlier in the day because as the day went on, I got more and more nauseous. But again, this is the beauty of things. You can change your schedule pretty much any point in time, any time that you feel that you need to, because it's in your best interest. That is the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do to protect your longevity. It's the right thing to do to protect your health. Nobody else will do it for you.
1: Yeah, you know, we have this idea that things in our practice, they're so set in stone. And if we make changes, we're going to lose people or it's going to be really hard for our patients. It's not right. If you tell your patients, I'm cutting out all my mornings because I'm too busy barfing. So I'm going (sighs) to be from, I'll be your, uh, your chiropractor from one until 5 PM now. I promise you, your patients will understand. Um, Would you want to go to a
0: chiropractor who was like busy barfing in the morning? I'd rather go
1: when she's no. feeling well than when she's spuky. Yeah. And you know what? Your patients are people too, right? Like they they get it. They've had kids. They have lives. And they will adapt much more than you think. So, you know, we always say you do what's right for you and your practice will adapt to the things that are right for you and your family. That's part of you know, having that present and profitable practice, that's, those are the core values of aligned women. So you do what's going to be right for you and your family, and you will find the people who are right for you. So that's, you know, that's one thing I think is really important to say, whatever changes you need to make, people will adapt to it. But the other thing too, is um, if you practice a technique that is so unique, right, you've done all sorts of different courses and certifications and things that are, not very mainstream, and you're planning on having a locum come in, I would say during the months of your pregnancy, scale way back on that unique side of your practice and be mainstream. Because if you're going to have to have someone come in and be you, the only way they can be you is is to do what they know and are able to do. So you may have to cut out some things and sort of retrain your patients while you're pregnant, so that when your locum comes in, there isn't this crazy transition where they're doing something that just feels completely different to your people and they go, this sucks. I'm going somewhere else and maybe I'll find my way back to you Mm -hmm. when she comes back, but maybe not. Yeah. So just again, when you're prepping something to think about. So overall
0: what we need to do is expect the best, but plan for the worst and Playing for the worst in in a lot of scenarios, in most cases, I think really means having more support lined up than what we anticipate that we may need. Having more support lined up is better than not having enough. And remembering that you are the CEO, you get to decide if you need to change your adjusting technique, if you need to change your hours, if you need to do something different in your business so that it works best for you and for your family first and foremost.
1: All right, so we hope that those strategies and tips have helped you as you're planning your practice through pregnancy. And you know, I think one of the things we need to tell you is th- this is not an easy thing to do. This is a massive transition that happens in your practice and Danielle and I have helped so many women through this that If you're trying to sort of wing it and do it on your own, I promise you it'll be so much easier doing it with the help of someone who has helped many people do this before. This would be, I mean, we we always recommend working with us one-on-one, but this would be a time where working one-on-one with Danielle or I is going to be so helpful in helping you navigate through it. And there are lots of different ways you can work with us. If you go to alignedwomen.com forward slash work with us, you can see the different options. You can choose a mastermind, you can choose one-on-one coaching, or you can choose an individual strategy session. We would love to help you have the most amazing pregnancy you can possibly have and the smoothest transition into motherhood that you can possibly have. So Danielle, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we say goodbye?
0: Only that, yes, we've helped a lot of people navigate their pregnancy and maternity leave. And we've also done it a few times ourselves individually as well.
1: That's all. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If you found this episode really helpful, and especially if you know someone who is pregnant or planning on getting pregnant, we would love for you to hit the share button and share this episode with them. If you've never left us a review in your podcast app, we would love for you to leave us an awesome five-star review. And the re- every time people review us, it helps the searchability for this podcast and it helps to get the podcast out there. And in the meantime, have an awesome day. Have a great week. And we'll see you next week on the Aligned Women podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the Aligned Women podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we would love for you to head on over to iTunes and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join the community of amazing women doctors in our free private Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, by going to alignedwomen.com slash mama chiropractors. And if you'd love to fast track your success in life and practice, subscribe to the waitlist for the Aligned
0: Women team group coaching membership by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Have an amazing day. And we look forward to seeing you next time on the Aligned Women podcast.